0: The Brooklyn Vegan Show is a podcast about music brought to you by the music blog and online record store, Brooklyn Vegan. Make sure to subscribe to hear all of our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with musicians and more and find us 24-7 at brooklynvegan.com, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome to the new episode of the Brooklyn Vegan Show. I'm BV editor Andrew sacker and today's episode is a conversation with David Knudsen, guitarist for Botch minus the Bear, newly a solo artist, and more. This conversation was recorded not long after Botch released "122," their first song in over 20 years. It is a killer song. It's a bonus track on the new Sargent House reissue for "We Are the Romans." If you haven't heard it. You should go stream that, pick up the record, whatever you need to do to hear it, because it finds Botch in killer form. And it's really, really exciting to have them making new music, even if it's the only reunion we're going to get at a Botch, because as Dave does say on the episode, there really are no plans for tours or anything. But he also says, never say never. So we're keeping our fingers crossed because a Botch show would be epic to say the least. Dave also has, you know, played for many years in Minus the Bear, who unfortunately broke up back in 2018, feels like just yesterday, partially because the bands kept going, they have a live record that came out in 2021, which is really awesome, and they're always active on social media, they're always repressing stuff, and uh, there's also been a lot of anniversaries in the Minus the Bear world recently, Planet of Ice turned 15 this year, Highly Refined Pirates about to turn 20. We talk a lot about Highly Refined Pirates on the episode with the anniversary coming up and David has his debut solo record out now. It is called The Only Thing You Have to Change is Everything and I think if you like Minus the Bear and you haven't heard this record, you would definitely like this record. Jake Snyder, the singer of Minus the Bear, sings on it and even the songs that Jake's not on. Really sound like Linus the Bear. Uh, I mean, not, not to say that, that David doesn't do his own thing. He absolutely does. But I think if you appreciate his work in Linus the Bear, you'll find this is sort of a natural progression for him. It's a really great record. So, yeah, uh, here's my chat with David Knudsen. All right. Well, uh, hey, Dave. Uh, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. excited to, to, to chat about some stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. I've been looking forward to this. It should be a lot of fun. Um, what are you what are you up to at the moment?
1: Uh well, let's see. It's um, you know, it's supposed to be school supposed to be back for Seattle, but the teachers are striking, so now um no one's back at school, which makes things a little more difficult, but you know, understand why uh why teachers want to feel like they're compensated correctly. So, um hopefully it'll end soon, but that's about it. Other than that, just uh you know, working in the studio and, uh, you know, just continuing to write music because why not? <laughs> right, That's awesome. Yeah, I
0: mean, you've been uh, really sort of busy lately. I mean, you got new solo record out, new botch song. Uh, you've been doing all those videos, like the guitar playthrough videos with the old Minus the Baron botch songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, a lot going on for someone who, like, is not in a band at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of knew that this year would be kind of, uh, would be pretty busy and it's been super exciting. Like, obviously, you know, the solo LP came out in May and, um, you know, i had been working on that for a while. And after Minus the Bear ended back in 2018, 2019, God, I can't even remember it so long ago, (laughs) but it feels like it was yesterday. Um, You know, it took me a while to like figure out what I wanted to do and just like recover from that whole not even just final tour but just like the 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 entity and the band that was minus the bear and kind of like move on to the next phase of my life so um so it feels nice to have everything come coming to fruition all this year with the solo lp and um and the botch song which you know like was written about in the in the press release was kind of a byproduct and a happy accident of of you know working on the solo lp because you know, I feel like a lot of the material fits real well on the solo LP, but that song was such an outlier that, you know, like there was no way to, you know, like cram that onto that, onto that solo LP. Right. And, you know, as soon as you get like Dave and Brian and, or, you know, any one of those guys involved it automatically just like shifts, um, what that song is and what it means and what it should, what, what artist, I guess it should, it should be, uh, released under. So, but yeah, it feels good this year to have a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happening, so.
0: Totally. And yeah, I know you had kind of said, like like you said in the press release, it's like you were writing that song, the pandemic had hit, you were like, I got to do something heavy. And then you're just like, oh, let me call Dave and uh, have him do vocals and then just spirals from there. So like, uh, can you give like a little more background on, you know, how then the rest of the band got involved and how it, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so literally it was like, I mean this was a while ago. This was probably like I mean this was over a year ago. I think more like spring of of 21 when I was like really heavy into into writing stuff. And you know at that point like I like you know the whole work from home thing, like being here with my wife, who you know, I love my family to death, but it's like you're stuck in a place with them and you can't do a whole lot and you know you feel like the walls are closing in and it just <laughs> it gets kind of like suffocating. And, um, and so that's really where like the desire to do something more, you know, like riff heavy and just heavy in general sort of happened. And, you know, like, so a lot of times I would escape down to the studio and whether I was trying to write, um, brand new songs or work on songs that were, um, already going to be on the record or, you know, I wrote the whole thing pretty much Skyping with Sam from the UK, um, Sam Bell, the producer for the solo LP. Um, you know, I would come down here and just plug in and kind of like let loose and see what happens. And so, yeah, so that song just kind of like... the it. A lot of times when I'm writing songs, I'm upstairs on the couch with an acoustic guitar and I'm not plugged into anything or I just have an electric guitar that's not plugged in. And that's how I write. And then I come down here and work on something. But that song, it was just, I immediately plugged in and the riffs just popped out of my hands. And it was just one of those moments where, um, you know, like everything lined up and the, and, and the song was born in an instant. And then I made a rough demo and then I sat on it for a little bit and I was like, what's going to happen with this? Cause I feel like it's, I feel like it's really cool. Um, you know, I who could, who would be a good singer to have on this? Cause at that point in time, I was, you know, working with Jake for minus the bear on his song and, and Bayonne on his song and trying to brainstorm collaborators. And I was like, I mean, I just, I just got to send this to Dave and see what he says. So I, send it over to Dave. And he was like, I can't wait to do this. Like, I don't know what this is going to be. And that was kind of like the vibe for everyone was like, we don't know what this is going to be, but let's just have fun. Cause I think everyone felt the same way about, you know, being in quarantine and the pandemic. And so everyone was just kind of like, I don't know, just ready to do something creative together. And um, so then from there, you know, got in touch with Brian and Tim and they were all, on board and you know, I hadn't to you know, we hadn't really all spoken in a while, um, you know as a band. Like, you know, I'll talk to each of them individually, but this was like the first time we've really, you know, spoken to each other as a band in a while. So it felt nice to be back together with everyone and then, you know, people just crushed their parts and it became and it became that song and it's kind of a uh you know, one of the <laughs> I guess bright spots of the pandemic, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, is this whole like being able to collaborate with people remotely and or like share ideas remotely or just like bringing people together that, you know, hadn't hadn't hung out in a while. So, you know, if the pandemic did anything that was remotely not good, but, you know, if you're looking for a silver lining, then stuff like this, I think, is one of those moments where, hey, at least we got this <laughs> weird botch song out of it <laughs> for sure yeah
0: i feel like uh i mean a lot of musicians i've talked to i just have these you know silver lining pandemic stories where it's like oh. oh like we got to spend a month on our album and normally we'd get a week or something like that and
1: yeah it's totally a it's totally a running theme with like all sorts of creative people i feel like you know and it's, mm-hmm. and it's cool that people were able to you know like get their continue to get be creative in the midst of this like world event that um, was changing so many things for people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like you had to find something to do or you'd, like, go insane.
1: Yeah, know. absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, when it came down to calling it a botch song, I mean, you have the song with Jake on your record. It's not a Minus mm-hmm. Embarrassed song. I know Brian has sort of talked a lot on social media. Uh, I think he's a bit hesitant to, like, refer to botch as a reunited band. Um, so, like, no, you then- had
1: absolutely and it i mean the band is not reunited so right. it's like you know it's not a re it this it's a botch song but it's not like it's not like we called each other up and we were like let's write a botch song it was purely like you know i think i i wrote this in the instagram reel it was just like sometimes shit happens and you just roll with it it was just like one of those things where it's like you know we didn't expect this to happen but let's just see what let's just let's just go with it and see where it takes us mm-hmm
0: And I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's a great song. People seem to really like it. Um, It feels so exciting to have a botch song in the world in 2022. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did did you think at all about like, like you had to know there's some baggage if we call this a botch song?
1: Oh, sure. But I don't think there was any way to call it anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could have like, formed some silly new band name or something. But it was like, you know, like it was the four of us doing what each of us individually does. And so it only made sense to call it a botch song, right? And I think the timing, one of the other things that I think, um, you know, like kind of like pushed it in the botch direction apart from it, just, you know, botch has only had four members, right? There's no, there's been no other members except for the four of us. It's not like we had a replacement bass player or a new singer or a new drummer or anything like that. Right. It's always been the four of us. So I think whenever something that's just the four of us, you know, whenever that would have ever happened or never happened, like it's just, that's what botch is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it, you know, I forget when it was, but when, you know, Hydra had officially folded and you know, all the, you know, masters and whatever were given back to the artists and we were talking to Sergeant house and then, um, that whole thing was announced i think we saw it as an opportunity to maybe you know do something cool for the re-release of romans which you know is obviously like the, the i think the record that kind of like defined our band um and so it felt like a cool moment to be able to like let's you know like when we were touring and you know, the like botch got way more popular after we played our last show which is mm-hmm. which is which is always kind of funny to think about. And it was like kind of a cool way to like, maybe let's, you know, we love this new song we did. Let's add it to Romans when we re-release it and kind of like give it a, because that record still sounds modern to, at least to my ears. So let's give it an even more, let's, let's still update it to 2022 kind of, kind of vibe. For sure. Um, And now
0: I know, like you said, Botch isn't reunited. Um, You did the video though how did it feel to like play in a room with those guys again?
1: Yeah, that was, that was honestly like, I think everyone was a little apprehensive about what was going to happen. Um mm-hmm. Because everything else up to that point, you know, was, was pretty much done remotely um and independently. Um But it was amazing to like be in the room. I mean, it was like, you know, seeing your four old friends that you used to like crack jokes with and give each other shit it was just you know immediately just like what's up dudes how you doing um sure time has passed and all that stuff but it was really fun like the video you know we didn't um Dimitri Ludeman who did the video did the um like the visualizers and animations for my record and I knew he was he was a he was a longtime botch fan so uh I figured you know he did it such a great job. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll ask him to do it. And he jumped at the chance. And originally it was going to be like, you know, kind of an animation type thing. Right. And it was going to be maybe use like archival footage. And there was no plan to like have us in the video. We just wanted to have some sort of vi- visual element, right. To like, um, accompany the song. And so he, uh, you know, he was like, that could be cool. And he was like, but what are the chances, you know, I could fly up from the Bay area and you guys could just like get in a room. And so, um, I was like, I'll, I'll reach out to the other guys, but I don't know if it's really going to happen. And then everyone was on board. Everyone was excited about doing, doing it. We were about to do it. And then he called me and he was like, I got COVID. I can't come up and do the video anymore. And so, so after all this we were like we were you know it was like oh shit but then ultimately the day before Brian left for a Sumac tour the stars aligned and he tested negative he flew up shot the video flew out the same day and it was just like done in a heartbeat it was it happened so quickly it it was like the video was really fun but it was like it only took like 3 or 4 hours threw up the lights, had a, a my buddy Ron there helping to like grip an assistant direct or whatever and banged out the song like a bunch of times and and it was, it was that. So yeah, the video was really fun to do and I, it was great being with everybody.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it looked like, you know, you guys were rocking out like the old days. I mean, it looked, <laughs> looked a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny because I haven't played a show since the last Minus the Bear Show, which was in 2018, right? And like the next day, I legitimately had a bang over. From, like, you know, the neck was, like, killing me right here after the the day after the video, so. Awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I know, like, uh again, Brian has sort of said a lot on social media. He has sort of said, like, for him, he got closure with Botch. There was no unfinished business, but for some other members, there was. How do you feel?
1: I mean, I love the way that the band ended. I feel like the last show at the show box in, uh, 20 or 2002. God, so long ago. I don't even know how to say those years anymore. <laughs> um, that, that last show in O2 was really amazing. Um, and it was a perfect, you know, it was a great way to go out. Um, like I met, you know, and I have, so I have, you know, so that chapter was closed for me for so long because the band ended and then, you know, minus the bear happened. And so I was able to like perform and play music with, um, with those guys, you know, in, in that band for so long. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm there's, you know, we're not talking about anything. We're not, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. There was never any, um, talk of doing a new botch song. So I'll, I'll, I don't think any of us will say never, but you know, we're not, um, we're not, we're not planning on anything. So for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe in 20 more years, we'll get a second new Bosch song.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can always look forward to that. For <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the next time I write a solo record, I'll, I'll try to focus on having some heavier riffs, too. Mm-hmm. Just, it'll be undeniable.
0: <laughs> How do you feel in general about, like, when bands do reunion tours? Is it something you like, something you, you know, maybe you have feelings against?
1: I mean, I gotta say, I was so bummed that I couldn't go to the Drive Like Jehu reunion when that happened back in like 16 or something like, cause I never got a chance to see them. And that was like, like those records were like my guitar were like, just, I worshiped them. You know what I mean? Like those, those pieces of vinyl got so much play in my apartments and college and, you know, all that stuff. Like I love Jehu so much. So I was bummed. I missed that. Like I, and you know, I can't wait to go see unwound in February. You know, like I, I saw unwound, probably 20 times, but I still can't wait to see them one more time. Um, so I, I think, I think if the band, I, I don't know. I think, I think the pandemic has, um, you know, it's, you know, everyone's talking about how no one listens to new music anymore. or It's harder to get music fans to listen to that. And people are so nostalgic for old stuff. I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know how much of that is true, or if those are just articles that I read on the internet or whatever, but, <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> but, I,
1: but I do feel like, I, like the internet also said that compact discs were coming back and I made those for my solar record and no one's buying them. So, <laughs> right. Uh, so I don't know how true that is either. Right. But, um, uh, but I think it's, you know, I think people are longing to have these experiences from the past. Right. And so I think these reunion tours are kind of fulfilling that. Um, I, I think that, you know, as long as people's expectations are, you know, are real it's you know it's not like you're gonna get a 25 year old unwound band playing again right those people are all like in their 40s or whatever right it's like as long as i think you go into it with expectations that it's going to be good but maybe it'll be different you know but it can you can just it'll still be enjoyable then i don't know why not you know like like i can't wait to see unwound and there was somebody else that Oh, I went to see karate with my wife and Jake from Minus the Bear and his wife a while ago, and it was they were great. You know, like it was, it was. You know, I was never a huge karate fan, so it didn't mean as much to me. But my wife, like the look on her face when she saw like the songs that she loved, I was just like, okay, yes, like this is this is awesome. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love reunion tours. I mean, I, I get that you know some people feel like they might damage a legacy or something, but I mean, I saw the Jehu reunion and it was awesome, and they broke. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But, what, what, Where what? was it in New York? Uh, no, so I saw them at Riot Fest. Oh, okay. And I might have seen them at... I can't remember if they played now. I want to like look it up real quick. Uh, did they play... I'll have to edit this so it sounds better. Um, yeah, <laughs> I saw them at Wrecking Ball in Atlanta also.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, because we were... It was so frustrating because Minus the Bear was on tour. And we were liter- like we were playing in Spokane. Like mm-hmm. five hours away from Seattle at the show box the day the show happened. And I was just like, my wife got me a shirt, but it was like, I mean, thanks for the shirt. But like, <laughs> right. <you know. laughs> well, hopefully they come back again.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, those guys are always doing something. So. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's always got his hands on something. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, I if you like they broke up well before I was sort of old enough to have known them. Um, if you would have ever told me when I was first getting into their music, like you might see this band in 20 years, I'd be like, that's not possible. You know, they're, right, broke, right, they're right. broken up. They're in other bands now. What do you mean? You know, like, yeah, yeah. um, and yeah, I think it's like, for, you know, for me uh, a lot, and I'm sure other people feel the same, like it's not even just nostalgia, you know, it's like, it's seeing bands you couldn't have seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, totally. Well, cause yeah. when, you know, when Jehu came through, when, I first started listening to them. I was like 19 and they would, and they only played, you know, like the crocodile in Seattle, which was like 21 plus. So I was just like shit out of luck. Cause I wasn't old enough to get in. Um, and so, yeah, I totally like, um, actually remember seeing Brian and I went to go see rocket from the crypt at, uh, the old firehouse, which is an all ages venue. And it was amazing. This was like back on the, um, scream, Dracula scream tour. And the next day they were playing the Crocodile and we wanted to go. So we tried to sneak in, we tried to get in, got turned away. But then we saw John Reese and somebody else from Jehu coming off their bus. And I was like, oh, you were great last night. Like, is there another, this was at a Rocket from the Crypt show, right? And I'm like, is there another Jehu album ever coming out? And he was obviously like not excited about my question. He was like, yeah, it's done recorded. It's called Guitar Manies." And then they walked away and I was like, and then I, then I thought there was going to be another Jehu record and there wasn't.
0: Oh man, that's amazing. Anyway. That's an amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like you know, it's and, and Ju too, like a band like them, um, or Botch, like you had mentioned earlier, like Botch got bigger after you broke up. Like, there's all these people I think who found Botch post breakup. Um, and like oh, sure. yeah, and you you know you Botch has been cited as an influential band for like three different generations now. I feel like, you know, there was like <laughs> when like the, like the whole big metalcore boom in the early two thousands happened, you read old reviews and it's like, Oh, this band's copying botch. And then now it's like, there's this whole new generation of young. I don't know if you have checked out the sort of younger metalcore bands, but like, there are a lot of bands who were like in their early twenties and they're just like, you know, we are the Romans is like what we strive to be. Um,
1: yeah. No, I mean, I've, I'm a little removed from, from that scene. Um, at the moment. But uh, I mean, that's, it's so flattering when people, you know, say stuff like that. Cause you know, you like to your point, 20 years ago, you couldn't imagine, you know, saying like, I'm going to see Jehu in 20 years. Like I couldn't imagine when we were writing that record that anyone would give a shit, like the following year, let alone like 23 years later, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I like, get super flattering. And, you know, to, going back to the video, like I was so like the day it came out, like this song, I was like, I think people are going to like this. And I was like, but the internet's totally going to like shit all over it. And then the internet didn't shit all over it as much as I thought. Like the internet was actually like fairly kind. And then I went to Lamgoat and I was like, what does Lamgoat have to say? And then I was like, oh, no. I'm leaving. <laughs> That's <your> first mistake. <laughs> I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> Get
0: oh, out your man. Comment section. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like one of the meanest comment sections. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, again, like uh, on, at least the people I follow on Twitter are, a lot of them are people who like love botch and the excitement was so tangible, like even just the song existing. And then the fact that like, it rocks, you know, it's like, how could you be anything besides excited?
1: Well, yeah, I was, I was super thankful and, and, you know, grateful that, you know, we did it and people, people, you know, it was received well. So,
0: so I guess I just have to ask, uh, not to, not to keep prying about the reunion stuff, but (laughs) outside of, I guess your own personal closure, do you hear things like, "Oh wow, there are these you know young kids who maybe were born after we are uh, where the Romans came out. They want to see us. Like, is there any part of you that's like, I want to give them that?"
1: Oh man, that's a, I mean, you make me feel bad. <laughs> no, I don't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean i I think for the mu. I think the music speaks speaks for itself, and there was a lot of like time and place things with with botch and the performance and the energy that was involved. So I, you know, like I never got to see like black Sabbath in the heyday or whatever, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. Like I, it's super flattering, but I, I don't know. That's a really tough question to answer. Cause I, cause it's, you know, I I'm super appreciative that that people, Still love it, and it's still an influential record of folks, but you know it's like just such a different time now i don't I don't know that that would come across the way we wanted it to, you know, like if something were to happen, you know i don't I wouldn't want to sully the the legacy of the live thing, you know what I mean,
0: I get that for sure, and it's very like physical music and yeah, or, yeah. yeah. did yeah. you
1: did you see us before
0: no uh you i didn't know your music until minus the bear and heard oh, okay. botch after right, right, right. Okay. Uh, and I think I was probably like just a year or two too young to, like I maybe could have caught the final botch tour if I right, had like right, an right. older friend who dragged me or who something. dragged you. But yeah, yeah. No,
1: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and actually on that note, I, I want to talk about minus the bear too. Um, we have the 20th anniversary of highly refined pirates coming up. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to talk about that record.
1: Yeah, absolutely, dude.
0: Um, so, you know, your, so when you, so Botch's final show was only a few months before Highly Refined came out. Uh, I think you already had put out the um the first EP before Botch broke up.
1: Right. Yeah, um, yeah that was, yeah, that, because that was in, yeah, because our, yeah, our, the first Myers of the Bear show was like two or three days after nine eleven, mm-hmm. So that was like, yeah, so, and that's right when the EP came out. So it was, yeah, September of 01. Mm -hmm. so how did you sort of like come out of this
0: super heavy band and then kind of get inspired to form this lighter dancier whatever you might describe minus the bear as kind of band
1: sure sure um well i think we were you know in botch you know when, when we were on van rides and you know stuff we had such an eclectic like playlist of like well tapes or cds or whatever that we would throw in right and like I think we all after touring for a while with Boches got so tired of like all the traditional like metal hardcore bands that that we would see every night. So as soon as we got in the van it was like here's Built to Spill or here's a Modest Mouse record or here's you know some here's like Don Caballero. Wow, listen to this musicianship, but it's like totally not, you know, like traditional metal. And I think yeah, I think we were all kind of like I know I guess I'll just speak for myself like I was I was done with botch because we'd been trying to write a follow-up to Romans and we weren't writing anything really good what we what was good became uh anthology of dead ends but we wrote for so long (laughs) to come up with the the songs that made it on anthology anthology of dead ends I think you know I was just tired of playing heavy music at the time when I wanted to do something different with all these other influences that I was like really having fun exploring, you know, whether that was like Daft Punk, you know, or, you know, or yeah, like back to Don Caballero or any of those other things. Um, It was just like, a I was just ready to move on. And so. I forget. What was your question? How did Minus the Bear come? Oh, yeah. I was
0: asking, like, uh, I guess what, like, inspired you to, you know, leave heavy music behind and start making that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was just like a way to, like, write songs and still have it be like riff based, but also have a technical element to it. Right. Like interpersonal relationships within Minus the Bear weren't like super great at that point either. I think we were all a little frustrated with the writing and just like, you know. At that point, you know, we would tour and come back, and like the shows weren't ever very good, right? I mean, there were only a handful of tours where the shows were 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 pretty decent, and so I think you know I just wanted to just do something completely different, and you know, I met you know I'd played with Kill Sadie, so I knew Aaron really well, Jake, I'd known forever from the Seattle music scene, like he recorded the very first botch seven inch at his parents' house mm-hmm. um. Uh, and so, you know, it was just one of those times where it was like, Hey, let's start a band and minus the bear didn't really start with a intent on being a full-time band. But as soon as like, we got going and realized how much fun we were having, um, it just kind of like clicked and that kind of just became the priority for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially considering that, that the botch stuff was, was just frustrating for everyone involved at that point.
0: For sure. So, um, so Highly Refined Pirates, I mean, it's your first record, again, the, the EP had already been out, but I feel like, you know, for, I mean, a debut record, like it's at this point, I would say like such a classic and it it's home to so many songs that fans have probably, you know, requested at every single tour.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you.
0: Um, like what, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, like what sort of uh, went into writing that record? Like what was sort of driving the direction of those songs?
1: Um. Let's see what went into writing that record. I mean, that was a lot of, you know, it's always, I've always uh, been fascinated by drummers. And so, you know, whenever I go see a show, I'm normally not even watching the guitar player. I'm only watching the drummer. I just love watching drummers. And so to go from Tim, who's a fantastic, incredible you know, like metal mathy drummer to go to the complete opposite, but still super inspiring side of like Aaron, who is playing, who has a really strong hip hop R and B like dance influence Um, to write with Aaron for, for pirates was just like, you know, I think the world kind of just opened up and um, we were both just like completely um, in sync with, with, with music that we loved at the time and our influences at the time. Um, and it was just really fun. Like minus the bear was a party band, right. You know, like it started off cause we met in a bar. We ended up like just practicing at night, you know, just like having beers and having a good time. And just like, it was about having fun. And, um, and I think you can hear that in the music, but it was just such a different experience than writing a minus the, or in, than writing a botch. Um, and the intent was different because we weren't trying to write these heavy, like aggressive, just like earth shattering songs, you know, that, that, you know, you really wanted to just like see people go nuts to. It was like about more songwriting, I suppose. I I don't know if I can say that because there was songwriting was important in Minus the Bear too, but it was just a different kind of everything, you know, it was kind of like I got to flip everything on its head and it was just super fun to, to wake up in a different world and have that, um, have all those new people there to explore it with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and even like in Jake's lyrics where it's just like songs about drinking and like oh, hanging yeah. out with friends. Like, yeah, it's, and like, just
1: like traveling and like yeah. going here or there and like, mm. you know, having cigarettes on the beach or doing what, you know what I mean? Like any of this stuff, right? It's like, um, I mean, Jake's lyrics are so, so wonderful. Uh, um, I won't just even say on that record, but that record, I mean, obviously has some classic lines like, you know, Absinthe Party is just like such an amazing vocal entrance narrative story you know what i mean like you totally when you listen to that song you just feel like you're with him like on the beach in the mediterranean right like to quote the lyrics you know it's like it takes you there and i mean i know that's you know maybe it's cool that it takes other people there besides just me being a guy in the band that was there for since the inception of the song it's cool when you can see a song transport people to this other place that you know either it's either in their head or they've had so many experiences while listening to that song that it's, you know, just takes them to that moment. Like we've had so many people be like, can you play Absinthe Party while we walk down the aisle together? Or Mm -hmm. like we, or we walk down the aisle. Is there like a version of blah, blah, blah. We can play. And it's like, thank you. But no, we're not going to play your wedding.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, Jake's lyrics are so vivid, like, uh, I mean, one of the like, big ones for me is like, Into the Mirror, you know, it's like, I just oh, every time I hear that song, I feel like I just paint like a movie in my head of like, what's happening, like, as he's describing it. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's just like, yeah, and it's so like, he's funny, he's like, casual, but then it's like, also <laughs> deep and like, lyrical and poetic,
1: too. You know, it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. No. yeah all those that's, that's what's fun about jake and is like delivery is sometimes so deadpan but then like he can just not deadpan in a bad way but you're right casual is a good word or like low key but then like when he goes for it like in spritz or like some of those other songs where it has like that big vocal moment it's like you get the best of both worlds which is really fun
0: totally yeah i've always like because i feel like the first couple minus the bear songs i heard i'm like oh okay so they have like sort of a quiet singer and then yeah you'd hear the songs where he belts in the chorus and you're like whoa
1: yeah, you're like okay, all right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they went there. This is great.
0: Yeah, um so I actually just talking about highly refined pirates. um I recently on Brooklyn Vegan put that record on our list of the best like emo and post hardcore albums of 2002. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Thank and, you. Oh yeah, no problem at all. um And one, and I had written in like the blurb, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really know if this counts as emo and post hardcore, but also like. <laughs> I don't know what it counts as like it's dancey it's poppy it's, <laughs> it's like it, you know you came from that scene I mean you know all of the members pretty much had come from that scene sure when you were like in the early days of minus the bear before the band was really established I guess where did you see yourself selves fitting
1: oh I know I mean that's such an interesting question because like we definitely didn't want to be part of like the the emo thing back then because that had so many trappings with like whether it was like the just the sound or the style or whatever. Right. And like the post hardcore thing, like I, I wanted to get away from botch. So the word hardcore scared me, (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, but we were also influenced by a lot of this indie stuff, but we didn't, but we weren't like indie enough. It's not like we're like death cab or like the Decemberists or something. Mm. It's not like we're a, like a super indie Pacific Northwest band. Um, so I don't, I mean, I, so I feel like, I don't know, minus the bear sort of existed in this weird nebulous region of like people that enjoyed interesting instrumentation, but then they also like loved the storytelling. Um, and the, you know, the technical playing or whatever was kind of like a bonus that, you know, like would bring in like more musicy geeky type folk, you know, <laughs> sure. I mean, so yeah. it's hard. To, it, like, I don't like when you wrote that, like <laughs> I read it, I was like, yeah, I mean, you totally hit the nail on the head. Like it, you know, hit the nail on the head. It doesn't, necessarily fit into any of these things but it's like a part of it in some weird way but i don't think you could really classify it as like you know early 2000s emo right like no one would say that because it's not like my chem or or you know whatever that thing really is
0: right like Uh, i would never say to somebody oh minus the bear is an emo band but if if someone liked emo especially if they liked maybe the more mathy like you know Mike Kinsella kind of emo I'd be like oh right. Minus the Bear is sort of they're like the Pacific Northwest version you know they yeah, had, yeah, they yeah. have the I mean, mathiness too you know exactly
1: cuz we yeah. we loved a lot of that Chicago stuff you mm-hmm. know and and it's funny cuz like a lot of people back years ago would say that Minus the Bear was like a like a, a kind of like a gateway band for them for a lot of things or maybe it was i mean cuz we did like you know we opened for Thursday and like their crowd was amazing. You know, like we got so many fans from playing, you know, from opening for Thursday, they were just really receptive. I think we kind of like, um, same with like when we did Straylight. um, who else did we do some support tours with where it was like, those fans were like very willing to hear new stuff. And we were able to like gain those fans v- really easily. And it was really cool to, to see that happen. Um, God, there was somebody else besides Thursday and Straylight that we toured with that was a similar thing, but anyway, yeah. But you know, like in those kind of like in that emo world, like I, like our booking agent at the time was like, "Will you guys ever play Warp Tour?" And we were like, "No, we're never. We don't want to. We don't want to play Warp Tour because I think that was like that was our way of not of of, of being independent from getting being lumped in with those." With you know, with like that genre or whatever. Sure. Um, but if we had done warp tour, I think we would have like gotten so many more fans and maybe the band would have been bigger in the end, just you know, based on what happened at Thurs with the Thursday tour or, you know, any of that other stuff. So maybe we should have one time, but at that point it would just seem like such a I don't know, we were so fiercely independent, like we're doing our own thing, we're gonna do it our way. We don't wanna do warp tour. And you know what, like a work out just
0: yeah and i think also people respect that you know like it's like it's part of the appeal that you could like flirt with that stuff but we're independent of it i think that was clear to most minus the bear fans
1: yeah yeah totally
0: did you ever sort of i mean obviously like i guess the emo scene kind of welcomed minus the bear um did you ever feel like you kind of wished maybe the indie scene did too
1: i mean it would have been i mean sure it would have been nice to feel more embraced especially by like the pacific northwest traditional kind of like indie scene which i thought maybe would have would have been the case but but i think we were just you know i don't know i i don't think we had like the vibe maybe it was like too fun and not somber (laughs) enough like we weren't you know what i mean like we weren't necessarily we, we weren't like crying next to the pacific ocean you know what i mean we were like partying in like foreign countries, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if maybe like the vibe didn't fit with like what people, you know, traditionally, um, you know, got out of like Decemberists or death cab or whatever. It's like there was like, we didn't have that level of earnestness, I guess, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, like we like to have a little more fun, I I suppose.
0: Well, I feel like, and you know, I don't really know how this stuff happens like why something is perceived one way versus another. But I also feel like, you know, you guys, like, sound-wise, overlap with a lot of the, like, New York dance punk stuff. Like, I mean, oh, totally. I could have easily seen, like, a Yeah, Yeahs or Interpol fan, like, latching on to Minus the Bear, but I just, like, maybe just wasn't presented to them in that way, you know? Right,
1: yeah, yeah. And I and I, and I don't know if that, I don't know why that was either, because, you know, there's certainly, like, the Rapture or any, well, yeah, like, yeah, 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 Yeahs or those types of bands or whatever. It seems like it would have, there could have been some crossover, but um i also don't think we had that level of attitude right like 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 that like that whole scene scene seemed like it was like it was very i don't think we were cool enough for them like i don't that which is why we don't we didn't like fit with you know we didn't fit we weren't cool enough for them and we were too different than these pacific northwest indie rockers and like yeah i don't it's it's a weird and the emo thing like we didn't we didn't do that you know so it's it was kind of this like weird venn diagram of like if you're into this and this and this we're like this tiny little thing in the middle right right
0: those are always <laughs> the exciting bands though right right it, um, they, you're
1: right they are they they are exciting bands
0: did do you feel like maybe some of that i guess cross pollination stuff was just the, had anything to do with the way the sort of pacific northwest scene worked like i mean even um like Jake was in sharks keep moving. And I think wasn't like Morgan from the blood brothers in that band for a second. And he then was, like, yeah. and then, you know, the blood brothers were nothing like sharks keep moving, but it's like all these, it's just these bands all have, I guess, I don't know, some type of mentality that ties them together. Even if the sound doesn't, would you say that was part at all of maybe, you know, the vibe?
1: Uh, I suppose. Yeah. It's kind of hard for me to, it's kind of hard to answer that question. Um, um, I mean yeah, no, sorry, I don't know how That's to okay. That. No, that's all right. Yeah. Um well, I
0: guess maybe another way to word it just before we move on is sure. would you say the Pacific Northwest scene inspired you as, as how would you say that being in that scene inspired you as a musician?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean how did it inspire I mean, well there is, the, the great thing about the Pacific Northwest scene is just like the diversity kind of that maybe you just were touching on between like sharks and blood brothers. You know and then you have like um you know any of like the k or krs artists you know like carp you know that's heavy but it's not like hardcore you know what i mean and then you have unwound which is like aggressive but still kind of indie there's like all these like it's like such a breeding ground for musicians because of like all the you know venues the labels the weather sucks so you're always inside playing an instrument um and so I think always there's been like this sort of like I don't know like hugely influential artists that kind of have their own sound, which comes from that's just the legacy of the of the region, I guess, is just people bringing different influences together to make something unique and and their own. So I don't know. I mean, I it was such a fun place to grow up seeing shows, you know, because I would always go to in high school, we'd always go up to the Velvet Elvis and, um, which is like an underground kind of like arts venue that was like five bucks and, you know, it's all ages or whatever. And one day you'd see, you know, like undertow there and the next, you know, a hardcore Seattle band. And then it was like sunny day would play there. And then the next day it's, you know, like, uh, you know, unwound would play there. I mean, it was just like, and regardless of who was playing, we always just went to the show. Right. It was like, it's not like we were looking to see, a hardcore band or whatever. It was just like, this is a great venue. There's going to be all kinds of awesome music coming through. Let's just go and see, see the shows. So I think it was just being open to hearing stuff, which, you know, kind of like led to both minus the bear and botch being what they are.
0: For sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think. Um, now, so like highly refined pirates and the botch records, I feel like this, this is stuff maybe, you had written as maybe a Pacific Northwest band, but, uh, Mano Soloso, I mean, down to the name was a lot of inspiration came from that Spain tour, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you sort of like, how did sort of going overseas and, and like opening yourself up to that culture and that world and then taking it to the music sort of differ from making a record like highly refined pirates?
1: Right. Well, on this, you know, like on the, a lot of the, it's funny. Cause a lot of the, uh, When we went on that first Spain tour, we had like maybe three or four songs that ended up on the album, you know, like finished like we were playing. Like I know Hooray, which ended up, um, which is about a snow day in Seattle, ended up on Oso. But then um, that song or that album, you know, it didn't have a title till we were in Spain and we were like. Let's just, you know, we couldn't come up with anything. We were loving our time in Spain. The food was great. The shows were great. The people were amazing. Like we'd never been as minus the bear on, you know, outside of the U.S. or Canada, right? So this was just like, um, you know, super eye-opening and everyone was having such a great time. We were like, we got to name this record. We got to name this record um what should it be and then i think i said something like we should just name it minus the bear but in spanish like a self-titled record and then it was like oh my god how do we do that and then it just you know and then a lot of times with album titles and stuff once you get the name everything just kind of like clicks and falls into place and i know that informed a lot of jake's lyrics um but i think he would have written quite a few of those lyrics without having that name just just that trip was so i don't know just so monumental for all of us um because, you know, as a, you know, on subsequent tours, we never spent that much time in Spain. But for some reason, this was just a tour of Spain. And so we played like seven shows in all these towns and and cities, you know. And then, you know, when we would go back, it would just be like you would play Barcelona or Madrid or something like that, right? But I think seeing the countryside and kind of like traveling to the shows and stopping to eat here and have like your, you know, grilled fish that just come out of the sea like you know I, while you're driving in some crazy van and um it was just really was just was just awesome so um yeah that record god i don't know it's either that or or planet of ice has got to be like my number one minus the bear record but just in terms of like tour memories that's like probably one of the highlights of, of the of the mtb tours for sure
0: what's your favorite minus the bear song
1: Oh, um, got to like, to play live drilling is probably one of my favorites. Um, and to listen, I mean, I think it, that just got so much cool. I mean, guitar wise, it's just really fun. Cause it's got like the, the tappy riffs. It's got the big, you know, like traditional strummed riffs. It's got sampling. It's just really fun to play. Like, that's probably like, you know, where I feel like it was all, Firing on, you know, every, all cylinders were firing together, and it was just a, it was just really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Just a, on kind of a similar note, like going
0: back through all that old stuff for these videos you've been doing, like, um, have you kind of picked up a song that maybe the band hadn't played in a while before breaking up, and been like, oh wow, like that riff's kind of cool.
1: No, but it is fun to. I mean, it's been really fun to go back, and and uh, a lot of them have been pretty easy kind of like riding a bike you know like you pick up the guitar and you have the intention of playing the song and then it just kind of like happens which is great i will say that like playing hooray like those riffs i was just like oh man i forgot how fun this song is like we hadn't played that in a while like we didn't i don't think we played that on the last tour um and it was just kind of like man like that riff is super fun to play and then when it gets to the chorus it's really fun and then there's like this little weird section in the last chorus where it everything kind of like switches and there's like a different pattern for the guitar part. Um, that one was pretty fun to do. Uh, I mean, they've all been fun to do. It's kind of like nice to go back and relearn your old stuff and mine it for inspiration. Like not that I'm trying to like rip myself off or write more minus the bear or botch songs, but it's been fun to like kind of like go back and, you know, Kind of, you know, there's all these memories attached to those songs, whether or not it's like recording or touring or even writing. Like, you know, some of them I know exactly where I was when the riff happened, and some of them, you know, it's like this show was so incredible that, um, you know, that will be you know one of my main memories whenever I whenever I play this song or hear it from now on.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. Does does going back to them ever like remind you like oh wow like I was clearly into this artist at that point or something like that?
1: uh yeah 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 i mean uh crisco twister has so much you know the first song off pirates has like so many nods to like daft punk in it and that first or that second daft punk record right like the fitter bester better faster stronger song uh, yeah there's so many like like (laughs) it was so fun writing that because like we were so into that uh aaron and i and like he was just doing all these bell like like upbeat on the ands type things, and just like the big kick drum. And just like, I mean, I was immediately, I think after that, when I went back and listened to that record again, which I hadn't done in a while, and it was like,
0: fuck, yes. Like, I, I've never made that connection before, but like now that you say
1: it, I'm like listening in my head, I'm like, oh, it's
0: totally influenced by that song.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like there's so much daft punk in like some of those really early MTB songs. It's just, like, mm-hmm. we were trying to do like the dancey daft punk thing, but not as like DJs, right? It was like, let's do it, which is, which is kind of how the whole sampling thing with like the DL4s happened too. Like it was wanting to do some of that more electronic type music, but, you know, not be the dude with like headphones on, you know, like mixing something or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, you
0: know. I mean, I, so one of the things that I was sort of eye opening to me from your videos is like, I mean, I've seen Minus the Bear live a number of times. I never really noticed that like Knights
1: is basically all feet. <laughs> yeah it, that one's that one's pretty tough to do like if if the sample isn't done correctly at the very beginning of the song then the tempo will be so that then the drummer really has to work super hard to get, keep the tempo up because the loop gets out of time with itself or whatever but um but yeah that one's i mean nights is also a really fun one to play live i mean that bridge or the uh like the lead section right before the final chorus is just super fun to play and um yeah, that one's that one is a lot of feet. That was probably the most, one of the most, you know, like pedal-intensive songs. But you know, I, you know, the whole point is to be like, you know, be unique with like how the riff is presented. And if that means that it's you know played so it's chopped up like that, I just you know that uniqueness is just like what's so fun about the song, right? Like just that little extra life that makes it that differentiates it from from another artist's song. Yeah, and it's cool
0: you could do all this sort of like music geeky stuff while it's still being like pop songs. Like it, you could come to minus the bear with no interest of in the sort of technicality angle and still just like get down with the choruses.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was always kind of the idea, was to make it like accessible but also retain the the technicality of it you know for other people but also for ourselves so that we you know we're still challenged you know we're still challenging ourselves whether it was writing or playing or or any of that stuff like yeah the but 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 also but to your point yeah like bringing people in with with jake's vocals and and the hookiness of those but also like the storytelling and you know people want to know how it ends yeah so.
0: <laughs> um now i know you were saying a bit earlier, like sometimes like finding the album title could almost inspire like that last direction of the record. Uh, I know, I know you also uh, did most of the band's artwork, Mm -hmm. um, with something like planet of ice where the title and the art really play off of each other. Um, did that sort of influence the direction of that record? Uh, well,
1: we had that title really early on and our friend, um, Ryan Blinsky wanted to, you know, we asked him to do that cover artwork cause he's a animator and um, <clears throat> works on lots of video games. And so he was like, dude, I got this. I'll make this super, super epic, like planet of ice artwork for you guys, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out great. Um, but yeah, I mean, every, it was funny when we were writing those songs, like everything was like the working song titles were just ice, everything. It was, you know, ice monster made it to a song title, but it was like planet of ice on ice. Everything was like super cold. And like the song titles got so cheesy and terrible, like um, (laughs) the the working song titles. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, like everything, we were like, how do we make this riff sound colder or how do we make this, you know, like it it was half a joke, but then also kind of like, because we were thinking about it, like it, sort of like funneled us to that direction i mean this is all during the same time where we're like discovering how much we really love like yes and pink floyd and like king crimson and like all these 70s concept records which had the amazing artwork and just like the the super cohesive vibe so um it was fun to think of the record as like not that we didn't do this before but even more so just like an album as like one thing as opposed to like Ten songs that maybe made up Oso or, or Pirates or whatever. Um, sure, you know we'd always thought about albums and sequencing and and stuff like that, but this was really like the time where we were like, well, we're gonna have Ice Monster second, and it's gonna like have this the glitch part that like is the same rhythm as the intro to Nights, and then have Nights start, and then we'll have Doctor Lilin go into part two, and you know, like it was all very orchestrated, which which was really the The super fun part about about that record, mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, I mean, even like with all of those prog influences you were talking about, like I feel like Planet of Ice, is like very sci fi, and I feel like yeah. progressive rock and sci fi tend to sort of pair well together.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um. So something I was wondering. Um. So you know, Botch kind of you talked about Botch's breakup a bit. Like you were onto other things. Um. You were also like you know earlier on in your career, like with botch breaking up, you were able to start like this new band and take that so far. Um, but minus Bear been around for so long, like uh, what sort of inspired you to be like, <laughs> all right, like we should really call it a day, like versus, I don't know, just go on hiatus, take a break, see how you feel in five
1: years. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess the, I mean, I think, I know that it's hard to say, I guess, I think people were ready to move on. Like we were at that age where, you know, like people were having kids and families were becoming more important. And I think that some of the, I don't know, how do I, how do I word this? Like it, um, I think people's lives were just changing and people were moving in a different direction. And instead of like writing more or, to, I, I think to minus the bear to continue, we they would have we would have needed to continue writing music, and I don't think people really wanted to continue writing music, right? Like I don't think minus the bear could just like continue touring and just you know do like anniversary tours of this record or that record. I just think it was I just think it was time. Like eighteen years is a long time, you know, to be in a band, and and we had I think written everything that we wanted to write, and we had toured so much, and we were happy with with what we had done and contributed to the music scene. And we're happy with, with what we had done personally that I think it was, it was just a good way to go out. I will say that like the farewell tour was just so like overwhelming in terms of like gratitude. Like I couldn't have, have pictured a better way to like end a band. Like whereas botch kind of ended while we were frustrated with each other, like minus the bear ended with all of us just like hugging it out. Like, being so thankful for each other's contributions to the band and just the overwhelming amount of like love at the shows was, was awesome. Um, I mean, it's so fun to like see people singing along, but when it's like the last song and there's like people
0: crying and you're like, Oh my God.
1: It's like, you know, I mean, it's cheesy. It sounds so cheesy to fucking say that. No, it's it's not. But it's like, you know, music is like such a, has such a strong connection with people that it's like, you know, it's an honor to be able to do that and like you know have people appreciate it and give that to them so mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like you know ending
0: on that positive note um like it shows you know like i mean i, I can't believe it's been four years since you broke up because i mean for, for one there's been the live record so that was only right, a yeah, year right, ago right. but yeah. then it's like the band's social media is still active and like it it doesn't feel yet i almost like i'm like is my despair really gone you know like it's like it almost <laughs> doesn't feel that way but like you know like when versus botch ending and being like you go in your separate directions and at that point of course there was no social media account to be had but but like it uh it it feels like minus the bear though it's over it's like now there's this epilogue where like everyone can just still sort of cheerfully appreciate minus the bear and it's it's
1: yeah no it's a it's a great feeling to to have to go out like that and to like be able to do it you know the way you want and not have to uh, not have to compromise on 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 how it ends. So, yeah, it, it, I couldn't have written a better ending. So, very very happy with with that. Awesome.
0: Now, um was a solo record something you had always wanted to do or did that sort of get sparked post breakup?
1: I mean, I think I, I mean, I always wanted to do I think I always had it you know like ideas of doing the solo record um you know, during sound checks and stuff, I would always be writing things, and a lot of times it wouldn't fit, or maybe I knew that Minus Severe wasn't going to continue writing. So at some point, I just, you know, I, I love playing music. It's kind of like therapy for me sometimes. It's like what I do, I need to be creative, or else I feel stifled and unhappy. And my wife and my kid will tell you that too. <laughs> like, go play music. Um, And so, you know, it was just a cool opportunity for me to be able to, <coughs> um, I don't know collaborate with other folks and also just like learn so much. Like the best part about this whole process was just like setting up the studio, learning how to program drums, learning how to record, like working with my buddy Sam Bell who did the Void's MTB record and just um you know not having like the pressure of of a band dynamic with with other people. Like it's, you know, it's totally different writing by yourself and doing a record by yourself than with a band. And there's pros and cons to each way and sometimes it would be like this is amazing but i'm doing this by myself and then other times it'd be like fuck this is so hard why is there no one else to like <laughs> to help me out here i could really use like some help figuring this thing out or you know whether it's a logistical thing on the end of just like releasing the record itself um but it was just it was just really fun to do and and uh and the learning aspect of it was great and then being able to you know like doing the song with Jake was just so carefree and easy you know like part of the i guess maybe part of the reason my Bear broke up was there were so many expectations that maybe we put on ourselves or we felt like they were there but we could have talked about it and had them go away like you know the touring cycle the album cycle the the writing that you know all this stuff that's kind of like expected um when I sent him that song, it was just like, Hey dude, want to sing? on this?" Like, sure, man. All right, let's go. I mean, it was very similar to sending it to Dave and the botch guys. It was just like, there was no pressure. And I think you can hear that in the, in the way the song turned out. So, I think so. Um, but it's been really fun. And so, you know, I'm continuing to write stuff now. I've got a song with, uh, Tim Kasher that'll be coming out in October. Um, and then a remix that Alex from minus the bears doing, and then a couple other new songs. So going to like have a little EP that comes out next month. I'm kind of like a companion thing to the, to the LP. So yeah. And then just continuing to write. So um, I don't know this, this whole post minus the bear thing has been really interesting. (laughs) Like I, I didn't know I was going to get, we were going to get a botch song out of it and I didn't think I'd be collaborating with like some of my favorite people either. So it's, you know, kind of, kind of fun to just see where it takes me. Do you
0: have uh, like other sort of guest vocalists that you hope to collaborate with down the line?
1: oh sure yeah i mean like i would love to like work with like who are some of the folks i've been thinking of i mean i would love to work with like any like the fantagram people you know like we we took them we played a few shows with them back in you know before they blew up like i don't know maybe like 2009 or something like that like sarah's got a great voice we'd love to work with her um let's see. There's a lot of people around town here. Like I'd love to work with like someone from the blood brothers. I think that would be super fun to do something like super aggro with them. Um, Whether that's Jordan or Johnny or something like that. Uh, Let's see who else. Um, Well, I know that I'll just put this out there. I know Kimbra is a huge botch fan. So if she hears the new botch song and she's into it, Kimbra, let's like work on a song together. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um,
0: Oh, so I also wanted to ask... uh, So, you know, Sam Bell uh, produced this record and Voids, as you said. Um, So I feel like, you know, I guess he's kind of maybe become your new producer guy. You had worked with Matt Bayless for so long. Yeah. How does working with Sam compare to working with Matt?
1: Um, Well, it's two totally different contexts, right? I mean, like, plus the recording environment is so much different these days than it does when we were working with Matt. Like, I remember you know, when we recorded Nervosa, we had, um, for the whole record, we had like two or three days to track everything and then one day to mix it, I think. Right. And so like, it was like, just it was was, like insane, the amount of shit that we did, you know, with, with limited studio time. And now it's just like, everything is just so wonderful and open-ended, which, you know, sometimes it's better to not have as much time and to be forced to, into constraints or whatever. But Um, but I mean, they're both such incredibly skilled engineers, um, and mixers. I would say that, um, and working with Matt, I mean, he helped define like so many aspects of my career. So I'll be, I mean, he's one of my best friends and I'll be forever, like grateful that we were able to meet up. Um, because you know, like he, he was instrumental in making sure that the minus the bear or the, the botch songs still sound good today. Right. You know, you go back and you listen to some records that were made in hardcore records from 99 or 98 or whatever. And they just don't hold up unfortunately because of the poor recordings. Right. But, but Matt was there to like really make sure everything sounded great. And, you know, when he put it on today, it still is like, fuck, that sounds awesome. So, um, and then throughout minus the bear, I mean, just being able to like experiment with us in the studio and, you know, help write some of the songs and, you know, have so many great production ideas. um, yeah, it's been, I feel blessed to have been, you know, to work with Matt for as long as I have. Um And then Sam just has such like a unique um producer vibe. Like I'm learning so much from him because he'll say not just technically, but in terms of like what a song needs, like he'll, he's, so he's from Portsmouth from the UK. Right. And so he has all these like really silly British terms that he'll do. And he'll, there'll be lots of like you need to do a doinky, doinky, doink, or a little clanky this, or there's a, there's like, just a lot of like adjectives that I'm not used to hearing in a recording context that are really fun to like try to interpret. Um, <clears throat> but he's also like super patient and just is, is a phenomenal um, like programmer in terms of like programming keys or, you know, synths or, you know, helping me with drum programming and all that stuff. So, um, so they are, I mean, I I'm so happy to have worked and work with both of them. They're they're wonderful dudes.
0: That's awesome. Is Sam still working on like the new stuff you've been doing too?
1: Yeah, yeah. He actually just sent me mixes that I'm gonna listen to when we get off the call here. And I can't wait.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, uh, on that note, do you have anything else you feel like you wanna add or shout out?
1: No, I mean like <clears throat> uh the new uh E P should be out at the end of October and um yeah, I mean nothing else really to add here. I just thankful that uh people are digging the new botch song and the internet was was kind i as a 45 year old man i didn't want to be destroyed by a bunch of (laughs) a bunch of internet trolls for not living up to the expectations of the botch legacy
0: (laughs) well thanks so much dave
1: yeah i appreciate it thanks andrew
0: so yeah thanks again to David Knutson for coming on the show if you haven't already go check out that new botch song check out David's solo record check out Minus the Bears live record from last year all really good stuff stay tuned for what David has coming I'm sure that's going to be great too whatever he's doing is always great stuff thanks again for listening subscribe to the Brooklyn Vegan Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts for our next episode and stay tuned for more